Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. I love having music behind me. My whole life is music. I I love music. I love worship. And so it just helps me. (laughs) Oh, I have a couple directions I could go. Can I tell you a story? The worship team's smiling right now. They know what I'm going to say. I debated on telling this story. Some, so my wife and I got the privilege of going to Love is Red. It's the conference that, uh, that you all have paid for your students. And this church has uh, funded um, and sponsored kids to go to, young people to go to. And uh, we actually got to go to that just recently. Just her and I, we got to like sit at a dinner together and not be like, hey, don't forget to pay your meal. Hey, don't go outside. Like, you know, I love taking 45 youth with us, but it was really nice. It was just really nice. I'm just saying it. We got refreshed. Um, there, but there was a situation that could have caused us to not be refreshed and could have ruined our whole trip. I'm going to tell it to you real quick because I, I can tell we need to loosen up a little bit. I can tell we need to loosen up. I, I think we need to forget about what happened all week. I forget about the uh, Applebee's reservation you have after this. Just forget about it. It's not great food anyways. <laughs> Oops. Golden Corral will still be there. There'll still be that fondue fountain whenever you want to go to it. Listen to this. Uh, I'm going to tell you this story real quick. There's a purpose to this story. Because someone or multiple people here are very, very, very valuable to God today. We're all valuable to God. But there's somewhere I'm going with the story. So we rented a car. Anybody ever heard, heard of Turo? It's like Airbnb for cars. You don't have to go. You can kind of pick really cool cars. We went to Texas and got this really cool Maserati. I just felt like I was awesome driving around. I don't have the money for a Maserati right now, but I could rent one. Um, so anyways, we went to Love's Road. We got this uh, Kia K5. It's a cool car. It's got sport mode. I was in sport mode the whole time, just uh, flying down the road. It's actually not that fast, but it was, it was faster than my, my work van uh, for what I'm used to. That thing barely goes 45 miles an hour. Um, so we get this rental car. I always keep my bag on me. My, uh, I keep a, a Glock in it. Uh, I keep a gun and a knife and uh, my wallet and my phone in there. So I'm used to having my keys on my bag. Well, they gave me a key fob. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. So I put it in my pocket, and we're going, uh, <laughs> we're about to get ready to go to conference. Uh, and that morning, we're like all pumped up. We're looking fresh. We showered. It's like, this is great. Well, it wasn't. Um, Jess says, hey, I'm cold. Let me go get my jacket. Listen, uh, it was her fault that we went back. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't. So we went back up to the room to get her jacket. I was like, hey, you know, while we're here, I'll just use the bathroom real quick. Anybody know where this is going? So I have this key fob. I take it out of my pocket for some reason. I put it in my hoodie pocket. You know, where things can spill out left or right. I'll do my thing, you know, whatever you do in a bathroom, you know what I'm saying? Well, I get finished, and I stand up and flush the toilet, I hear, and I look back, and that jet stream just shot that key fob right down the toilet. Lightning speed. $300 lightning speed. So now we're stuck in Canton, Ohio, with a rental car that belongs in Louisville, Kentucky, because it's someone's personal car with a key fob that's down in uh, wherever wherever it goes down from the four stories down wherever that goes to I was thinking about looking for it but I decided not to my father-in-law is a plumber I could have called him he, he might have been able to help me with that a little bit but it was going to be a really messy situation so so here we are conference starts we're sitting in our hotel room just having a great time not feeling frustrated yes we were um, we had to work on ourselves 
say, hey, listen, listen, listen. We're not gonna get frustrated about this. Time went on, missed the first session, then the breakout sessions, and then like mid-lunch rolls around. Anyway, we finally got here. Still don't have the key for it yet. Um, so we finally got here. I don't need to tell you how we got here, but I wanna tell you that I believe the enemy, in, I can't even talk, the enemy, the devil, Satan, he's intimidated by what I'm gonna say today. Some or multiple of you, there's something specific I'm gonna say today that it took the enemy trying to flush a key fob down the toilet. My life goes really good all the time. We have ups and downs like everybody, but not $300 key fob down the toilet ups and downs. I just believe that I have something for multiple or somebody specific or a specific thing I'm gonna say that's gonna really help you today. I don't think I'm God, I don't think I'm perfect, I don't think I'm the best speaker, but I definitely believe that uh, I'm anointed to do what I have to do today. Not, not, a, not ashamed of that. Uh, everyone's anointed to do what you're supposed to do. So my wife looked at me in the hotel room, she said, you know what, this secret could die here in this hotel room if you want it to. I said, yeah, let's probably let, let's just let it die. Let's not tell anybody about it. So here we am, here we are, now you know. I figured it's best to, it's kind of like repentance with God. It's better to repent and tell God you're sorry than for all your friends to find out. You know what I'm saying? So I'd just rather, I'd tell it. You can laugh at me, I can laugh with you. And then no one can say, I heard this happen to you. You know what I'm saying? So are you ready today? I'm, I'm gonna teach about 35 minutes, I think. Just so you're like, hey, what are we doing? Daryl did the offering, is church over now? No, no, we're, this is the message. We're just now getting, just now getting started. <laughs> This message today is for the one that's close to God. This is the one that feels, the message is for the one that feels distant from God today. This is for the one that doesn't believe in God. God believes in you, but this message is for everybody. This message is for everybody today. Every 30 seconds that it's quiet in here and when people don't respond, I add 30 minutes onto my message today. So I'm gonna be watching the clock. So when, so, that's right, Ms. Donna, thank you. When something is alive, when something has breath, I have three kids, amen. Whenever something is alive, it makes noise. So are we alive today in the house of God? Okay, awesome. You were loud at the family reunion yesterday. Let's be loud today. I didn't, did you go to the family reunion? You probably shouldn't have, but no, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. I'm gonna talk to you about something. I actually taught this at our summer camp and it's been something that's been stirring to me for probably about two years, the title of this. And I'm talking about there is still a standard. Hmm, what's that mean? It's kind of loaded. I've been thinking about this for a while. And, uh, you know, a very similar thing happened to me before I taught this at summer camp. And I shared that story. Three flat tires, a broken down vehicle. Hmm. Oh, it's, it's the universe. It's coincidence. I don't think so. I don't believe so. I don't face opposition like that in my life. And I'm not giving the enemy any credit. He's just ticked that I'm here this morning and I got my foot on his throat. Like, dude, what are you going to do, bro? Like, really? Like you think, oh, wow, $300 key fob down the toilet. Good job. Really messed my life up. No, he's just mad because of, of what I'm going to say today. Because, you know, it, it strips him of his power and it, it takes the keys away from him. And it, it doesn't give him permission to mess with my people any longer. I want to talk to you on the topic of there is still a standard. And all of us, including myself, need this standard this morning. I want to apologize in advance for the things I might say today. I'm normally, hey, God loves you. God's for you. 
you messed up, it's okay. I'll give you a hug and a kiss. It's all right, pat you on the butt and send you out. <laughs> Change your diaper for you if you need to. Hey, it's great, man. And that's great. That's how I flow typically. Not today. Um, <laughs> I'm going to try not to hit some of these points too hard. I want to preach it how I feel it, and I think I will. <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm going to, I want you to leave with your toes. If they're bruised a little bit, that's okay. I just don't want to completely stomp them off today. So if I step on them, just say, hey, that's for me, or that's for my neighbor on the back row, or hey, that's for my aunt that should have came today, but she didn't. So, all right, ready? Christians have become too soft, too mushy, too weak-minded. Are you supposed to say that in church? Yes, because it is our reality right now. We've become too loose in what we believe. Can I get a little bit more volume on the keys? Thank you, Daryl. I appreciate it. Christians, a lot of times, don't often look too much different than the world does. In 2022, Christians. Maybe when I was younger, it was a little bit different. But 2022, Christians, that usually not much of a difference. Someone who doesn't know God, someone that does God, kind of looks the same, kind of talks the same, kind of believes the same kind of does some of the same things. But Christians don't look too different nowadays, but I'm here to tell you that there is still a standard. God, God placed a standard in our lives to help us. You still don't cheat on your wife. You still don't look at pornography. You still have right friendships. You still don't stay up all night Saturday playing Xbox so you drag in here on Sunday morning. You still, you get what I'm saying. There's things that were wrong years ago, and now it's kind of like, well, I could do a little bit of that, right? Like, I could do some of that. Because I've, I've seared my conscience over the years so many times to now when I do that thing, the Holy Spirit actually doesn't even speak to me anymore about it. Because you decided that that thing was more important. And you've done it time and time again, and it's gotten easier and easier, and you've repented less and less. I'm here to encourage you today. I'm not here to bring down the hammer. I'm not here to stomp your toes off. If the shoe fits, don't wear that thing. Don't kick it off. Don't wear it. Usually they say if the shoe fits, you know, wear it. Don't wear it. No, you don't look good in those shoes. Okay, cheers. But even now, Christians are losing basic morals. Things that our dads and grandfathers and grandmothers held as holy, Christians are barely, you know, barely even holding to those kind of things anymore. You know what I'm saying? That's how the devil works, I've noticed. He says, here, just, just take, here's, a, here's some crumbs off that cake. Just take a little bite. Yeah, I probably shouldn't do that. That's pretty good. I wouldn't mind another piece. And he gives you a little bit bigger scoop. And yeah, I kind of like red velvet cake. That's the cake of the devil because, you know, it's red. You know. No, I love red velvet cake. Um, so does my sister. It's her favorite cake. Um, and then he gives you a bigger piece. And now your mouth is completely full and you're chewing that thing. You're like, Mm, pretty good. I kind of like some more. And then now you've ate the whole cake. That's how the devil works. He doesn't just come, bam, right out of the gates. Here I am. No, no, no. He works very slowly, very subtly, very sneaky. He ain't getting any credit today. He's a weak punk. That's all I know. I'm just telling you how he works. Don't be deceived. And he's saying, taste, taste this thing. It's, it's pretty good. But the Lord has said, taste and see that the Lord is good. Because I've tasted it and I've seen and I've tried a whole bunch of that other stuff. James, you look pretty polished and put together today. Well, I wasn't always like that. And I know that's the case for a lot of people in here. I didn't always, and I don't think I have it together. I don't. I make mistakes just like you guys do. 
Is it, is it because you have a, a mic that you're on like a different level? No, I'm on, I'm on y'all's level. I'm one of you guys. It's not, there's no difference with, with who holds a microphone and who doesn't. We all go through things. But Christians should look like Jesus, but yet I see most of them looking like social media influencers. What even is a social media influencer? Influencing what? Your likes? I don't know. Like what? Holiness. You know that word? Have you ever heard of holiness? You know, that's not a cuss word, right? Like you say, people are like, oh, whoa, wait, don't say that in church. You can cuss if you want to. We don't really care about that, but don't, oh, don't say holiness. What about, ooh, virginity? Ooh. Oh, no. It's 2022, man. Don't you know kids start doing stuff when they're younger? Hey, who cares? Quiet, because it's true. What about purity in 2022? What about purity? What about watching what we see? What, what about watching what we touch and what we do? Those things are still for today. They're still a standard. God didn't decide, well, it's, the times have changed. Culture's changed. I guess the Bible that I told you to base your whole life on is just kind of halfway true now. Not true not true. When it was written, it was true. In 2022, those exact words are true today. I believe it. 100% believe it. Let me talk on substances for just a second. I chewed tobacco for like six years like a, a giant idiot. Um, I'm sorry, I had to say. Uh, and I had a short time in the military where I drank a lot and uh, did some really dumb things. Uh, I'm not. I'm not like sad about it or anything. God's helped me through it. I, I'm healed from all that stuff. Um, my gums started eroding away. I was like, "This is just not good." It's not just that um, I, I feel convicted. It's like I don't want my teeth to fall out of my face. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I had a short time with that. But there's Christians now that have maybe been in church as long as me or longer that are still messing with this stuff. Like, what's your point? Like, what's the point? Like, why are, why are we doing these things? Williams, it's not necessarily a sin. Okay, I get that. But why are we doing it? What's the point of it? Why are we always trying to get so close to the line? I, I just, I don't understand it. You know, when you, when, when you feel anxious, you know, most people say, oh man, I just really need a glass of wine right now. Yeah, I get that. But actually, you need your, you need your prayer closet, actually. And it's free. It's not a $7 mixed drink. It's free. You can use it whenever you want to. And the bar doesn't have to be open when you want to go use it. You know what I'm saying? It's free. People feel anxious. They think, man, I just need, a, just need some beer, antidepressant. Well, Jesus is the, the OG, the original antidepressant. It has everything for your life. It's not found in here. It's found in here. It's found in opening your Bible and getting, fr uh, it's a free gift. Receive it. Free advice, free peace, all this stuff that you can access anytime you want, but we keep choosing. What I always wind up hearing, well, Amsie, it's not that big of a deal if I do that. Well, if it's not that big of a deal, why don't you just quit? You ever thought about that? If it's, I feel like it's always me being pushed to do something I, uh, like with a substance. Well, just try. It's not that big of a deal. Well, why don't you just put that away? Why don't you try prayer? Prayer changes things in your life. When you pray, there's much power made available for you. So why don't you just try those things? I'm not trying to step on toes too hard today. But I've noticed we're, we're always defending a lot of those kinds of things. Well, like, well, uh, it's not that big of a deal, right? The Bible said it's permissible. 
so is eating grass. Go eat some grass outside. Go pick a handful. Go take some bark off a tree and chew that up. It's no different. Yeah, it's permissible. Go for it. Ain't gonna, ain't gonna help you. It'll probably throw up later. But empty culture says, I don't, I don't care what culture says. I don't care what culture says. I understand we're in a different time right now. I get it. 2020 was, a, was an interesting year. COVID was interesting. Racial tensions were interesting. Brought out a lot of things that we were just never even thinking about. At least for me, it's a different time now. But just because it's a different time, God's word is still true. And the standard from all, the, all those years ago when it was written is the same standard today. It's not different. I didn't, did you find another Bible that said he omitted certain part? Okay, I didn't. No. All right, I'm gonna give you point number one. You ready for it? Say ready. The standard is the standard. Hello. The standard is the standard. Let me read this out of Isaiah 59, 19. It says, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy, I like this part, and this is, this is like, I, f- I feel like the climate of our life. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. There is a standard. There is a standard. When all of hell is throwing itself at you, there is still a standard that you can fight that with. We win no matter what. But we want to we wanna feel like we're winning here on earth, not just, well, um, I'll just, we'll take it when I get to heaven. That's when I'll be winning. No, you can win down here right now if you want to. Hold tight to that standard. I'm going to give you, I wrote down a bunch of things of what I think the standard is, according to Scripture, not just my opinion. The standard shows you how to live. This is, that, that, that standard is Jesus. Let me tell you what I think the standard is through word. Be concerned more about what the word says versus what the world says. Standard number one. Here's another standard. Hang with the right people. Take those spiritual scissors and cut out the bozos and the clowns. Williams, I really like him. He's from high school. Awesome. Is he helping you in your life? No, get rid of him. Get rid of her. Check your friend group. Check your friend group. Always, always, always be loving and friendly to every person you're running to. Always. But your closest people that, your closest fellowship that sharpen you, because the Bible says iron sharpens iron. If something sharp goes to something dull, not much happens. But two things that are sharp are sharpening each other. That's where you grow. That should be your closest fellowship. Here's another standard. Make the house of God a priority. Make the house of God a priority. My pastor is not God. Dr. Jacobs is not God. But God is using those men and women in my life to help me be the best version of myself that I can be, to honor God and to live for God. You don't find those sitting at home. You don't. Williams, I watch online preaching. That can help a little bit. There's nothing like it is when it's in person. The standard, make the house of God a priority. Here's a, here's a great one. Pray about your problems instead of worrying about them. I'll drink to that. It's water, it's water. Pray about your problems instead of worrying about them. Worship the king, King Jesus, and not your idols. The pastor's been talking about worship and talked about idols. It was a fantastic uh, mini-series that he did. This is talking about the standard. Love people first before you try to fix them. There's a preacher I just heard at Love is Red. This is Pastor Chris Hodges, Church of the Highlands, and he said, people don't care how much you know. They just want to know that you care. 
I've tried a lot of different things with friends and family in my life to love them and to minister to them and show them the ways of Jesus. And I've tried lots of different ways, but the way that I found that works the most is when I just develop a relationship with that person. Instead of them treating them like they're my pet project, develop a relationship with them. And if you're living for Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit, the characteristics of Jesus will flow through you to them, and they will see, hey, you're not like that one Christian I know that's literally a jerk and operates, uh, operates in strife all the time, is always so negative. You're different. Build a relationship with people before you try to fix them. On the rarest of occasions, I could see you walking and saying, someone saying, you need Jesus. Probably some like big biker dude who's a tough dude. And then receiving Jesus, I get that. But uh, for, your, for, for your day in and day out kind of thing, build relationships with people if you want to help them. And you're not helping them so you get another notch in your belt or another jewel on your crown. You're helping them because you love people because Jesus loves people. You with me? All right. Here's my favorite one, I think. I'm talking about the standard. Work on your character and not your social media following or your 401k. Character is everything. Character is everything. Consistency and faithfulness is everything. The people that I see go far in life are ones that have, took, have taken the time to develop their character. What does that mean? Who you are on Friday night when no one's watching should be the same person that you are on, on Sunday morning. And I understand. I understand we do get cleaned up when we come in here on Sunday morning. Hey, praise God, brother. Yes, sir. Yeah, bless you, bless you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. But the way we look on Friday night should be the way we look on Sunday morning. Not different. Not my outside life and my church life. Why? Why do we do that? Why do we do that? Character is everything. Here's another one. Fix your eyes on Jesus instead of your spouse or a relationship. Here's a great one we're going to talk about for just a second. A lot of men, uh-oh. <laughs> we're talking about fixing our eyes on Jesus. A lot of men are fixing their eyes on other things, other girls, other things on the Internet. Women, you're not excluded from this either. Don't think, yeah, those men are dirty dogs. No, you girls are included in it too. I've read statistics about pornography in the church recently, and it is ridiculous. It's so easily accessed. One, two, three, I got it, boom, done. It's so easy just to see something real quick. I will let you know, if you do run into something, you see it once, that's not a sin. The sin is when you think about it, say, I think I'd like another look at that. It's that second look, it's that second bite that is not right. I'm not here to condemn, no doom and gloom today. I'm saying there's a better way. And there's a standard for you to live your life that's going to help you. Here's another one. Know your Bible better than you know the latest sports statistics. Oh, ouch. Ams, you just uppercutted me right in the stomach. Good. Take it. Receive it, brother or sister. <laughs> know your Bible better than you know the latest. Hey, did you know that one guy who just got drafted and he's been traded like six times and he was at this team, this team, this team, this team, this team, and he bats this and he catches this? It's like... Wow, hey, do you know one scripture? You memorize all that other stuff. Can't, can't, do you know one? Just one. I'm looking for young men and women and the, and the older crew too that can start talking like that instead of just always all this other stuff memorized. But when you have a spiritual conversation, it's like, uh, huh? You know, let's not do that. That's not the standard. Last, last standard I have is develop the fruit of the Spirit in your life so you can be like Jesus. 
But Jesus gave this standard for us to live. This first standard is that you always need to lead with love. In every situation, everywhere you go, in your job, and your family, you always need to lead with love. Let's look at this, Matthew 22, 36 through 39 of the Amplified. It says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, that is unselfishly seek the best or higher good for others. And I was saying this and I, was, I don't wanna be gentle with it. I wanna call this person out. I don't care how holy you are living if you aren't leading your life with love. Williams, I checked all the boxes. I got up at 5.30 and read my Bible and said, said my confessions and had my prayer time and turned on some Gaithers and worship for a minute. Awesome. Do you love people? Are you meaner than a snake? Or do you love people? When people around you, are they drawn to you or they think, dude, wow, like, geez. I don't care how holy you are if you're not leading your life with love. It's our greatest commandment if you didn't know. Just check it. Not to be mean. <laughs> There's another group of people I want to talk about for just a second. Amsie, you're about to get really touchy with the subject. I know. That's fine. Kicking over sacred cows. <laughs> but the ones that are confused whether they're a boy or a girl or a he or a she or a they or a them or a giraffe or a zebra, not picking on those people because I love them. I love that group of people. And I've noticed some of my Christian friends maybe have none of those people in their life. I have multiple people in my life that I'm loving and that I'm helping and that I'm speaking life into. We're to love those kind of people, not ah, a little messy, not really sure what to do with it. I'll just, you're weird, I'll push you away. And that's what Christians do. A lot of people I've talked to that are confused about their identity and who they are started all the way back when they were five and six years old. You think you're so holy because you had this perfect life with a perfect mom and dad and grew up in a great church when this person was six years old and they went to their dad's room and opened the trunk at the end of their bed and saw this pornography stash and they opened it up and the first thing they saw was a naked woman. They think, well, I'm a girl. I, I, I guess I like this. But yet now that person's 35 and 40 and we're looking at them like, what's wrong with you? That's not the standard. That's not love. I'm not saying you pat them on the back like, live however you want to. It's great. No, there's a standard. And, and, and God says, do this and don't do that. But a lot of times we just, we don't even consider what someone's been through before we point a finger at them or say, nah, dude, can't help you there. A little too weird for me. A little too messy for me. Know what you believe and have standards and know, know when something is a sin and when it's not. But you always always lead with love and you always love people. That is the standard, is the first one. It's the one we skip over a lot because like, oh, that involves work. I don't want to do that. But I run to those people because I have fruit in my life with those people. I'm not scared of them. I'm not ashamed that I have them in my life. I didn't say they were my closest fellowship. I was like, oh my gosh, Ramsey, I didn't know that about you. Does pastor know? Yeah, and pastor's with me on it too. No big deal. Like, oh, I just didn't know he'd think like that. What, to love people? To look out for the ones that people have cast aside? 
Not even, not even just those people in that lifestyle. What about the ones that stink like B.O. when you pick them up for church and they smoke cigarettes and, and, and this and that and they got zits on their face and you can tell they haven't washed their hair for eight or nine days and when you pick them up, you look over and you see a lice crawling through their hair. Been there, done that multiple times. Yeah, I know, it's graphic. I love those kind of people. Listen, if you're here this morning and you have Jesus living in your heart, you're good. Keep living for God and you'll make it to heaven. You're good. It's time for us to get out there and do some work for those kind of people. You're good. Stop being so needy. Let's, oh, I better just drag myself up to that deliverance line every single Sunday for the same thing. And I turn around and walk out to my car and look up that same exact thing on my phone or text that same guy or girl that I've just got delivered from year after year. Come on, church, let's get it together. If you've been here for a, a few days or maybe this is your first couple Sundays, I'm not talking to you. There is something that you can get out of this for sure. But for the ones that have been doing this for a hot minute, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Time for us to get it together. Come on. Come on. You are now responsible for what you know. <laughs> but I'm talking about that group of people. Let's look at Mark 2, 17 out of the Passion. It says, but when Jesus overheard their complaint, he said to them, who goes to the doctor for a cure? Those who are well or those who are sick? I have not come to call the righteous, but those who are sinners and bring them to repentance. That's why I'm talking about this right now. That's why I'm talking about this right now. That's why I've included those kind of people in my life, the ones that nobody wants anything to do with. Brother Hagen, anybody know about him? Okay, you guys, all right, so we look up to him. Let's hear what he says about this. Okay, huh. Brother Hagin said, I focus more on my love walk than on my faith walk. Hmm, that would mean loving all those kind of people. One of the generals, Brother Hagin, okay. You know, kind of, you know, it's kind of, uh, you could take him for, at his word there for that for sure. But no, we don't love the sin, but we love the person. Absolutely love the person. And I'm gonna move on to point number two, but I wanna say this. Don't let your love for the standard keep you from living the standard of love. Don't let your love for the standard to check all your boxes and, uh, you know, hey, I'm good, man. I don't know about you, but I'm good. Let's not forget to live that standard of love. The first thing that Jesus asked us to do. The first. Pretty significant when there's firsts mentioned in the Bible. No big deal. All right, point number two. Ready? The standard is there to benefit your life. Amzie, I thought the standard is there to keep me pinned down under God's thumb and he's going to make me do what he wants. No. The standard is there to benefit your life. It's all about your perspective. How do you view the way God asked us to live? He didn't force us or make us. He asked us to. God's trying to keep me from having fun. I'm just trying to go out on Friday night and do this. Actually, the standard actually keeps you from having to come up to a deliverance line up here. Well, I did that thing again. I thought God was trying, was mad at me, so I got to get up here again. Receive it. Walk out next Sunday. Receive it. Walk Hey, please jump up in prayer lines if there are. If it's you that a minister calls for, jump up there. But the standard is there to benefit your life. You know, a loving father put those in place to keep you out of trouble. It's not a hard thing to figure out. It's just you got to make that perspective switch in your heart and in your mind. He's not trying to keep me from having a great time. He's just trying to keep me from a lifetime of hurt and from shame and laying down in bed at night and crying and feeling full of guilt and feeling messy and dirty. He's trying to keep you from that. 
But, but Christians think, well, God, he's got me under his thumb and he's not letting me do nothing. No, he's trying to keep you and save you and help you. But on that, on that topic that, uh, that's there to benefit your life, I want to say this is kind of unrelated, but this is for the older generation. The old school, I'm going to say this as a 33-year-old man, the old school had it right. All the old people agree with me on that one. The older ones, the older ones. The old school had it right. In this generation, old school is mocked, they're laughed at, they're, they're considered old fogies, or like, what's wrong with you? It's 2022, like, hey, don't you know, like, people don't really live like that anymore. The old school had it right. I'll be the first one to say it. Proverbs 22, uh, 28, out of the King James, it says, remove not the ancient landmark, which thy fathers have set. Proverbs 28, 20, the same scripture out of the Passion. It says, the previous generation has set boundaries in place. Don't you dare move them just to benefit yourself. Every month now, we hear about a different church or a different pastor. We don't need to talk about the details of that. And I would also encourage you, don't get so tangled up in that. It might give you a negative view, like, well, shoot, if that's happening everywhere, it's going to happen in my church. I'm just not going to come anymore. No, no. Don't get so tangled up in that. There's all kinds of stories, things happen all the time that you don't even know about. But we're talking about the old school had it right. We're hearing about all these churches that are falling to sexual harassment and, and, and all kinds of just crazy stuff. Basically, it lines up to people aren't living the standard. And as a result, we find out about it. But as for me and my house, Jess, and I know you would agree with me, we're going to live that standard. Me and my house is going to live that standard. And I'm going to have fruit in my life as a result. If you want it, just take it. If you want that fruit, you'll have it. But as for me and my house, we're going to live the standard. Not the way of the world, but not to be so like so against them that we're like we're mean and loving. There's a there's a balance to it. There's a balance. It's right in the middle. But now the ones that I look up to in my life, I used to look up to the ones that were maybe just a couple years when it comes to preaching or worship leading or business owning. The ones that were just a couple years in front of me, I'm, I've actually decided not to change that because they don't have the, the track record of longevity in their life. They don't have the track record of faithfulness and consistency in their life that some of the older men and women that I look up to now have. So I've made the switch. I'm not going to focus on what those ones are doing. I'm going to focus on the ones that have been living it for a long time with consistency. Because they taught us that holiness is right. They taught us that standards are right. They taught us that morals and boundaries are right. They taught us that having great character is right. And I believe it and I'm running with it. Number three, you ready for it? Say you're with me. The standard is obsessing about what Jesus loves. Obsessing, that's a pretty hard word. Here's what Jesus did. The standard is obsessing about what Jesus loves. This is what Jesus did. And since Jesus did it, you can do it, and I can do it. He healed the sick in love. He raised the dead in love. He fed the hungry in love. He preached the kingdom in love. He cast out demons in love. He prayed for others in love, and he gave his life for others in love. That's how our lives should look. That's how our lives should look. But I see more Christians' lives looking more like social media influencers than Jesus. Christian means Christ-like. So ask yourself, how much do you look like Christ? I'm a Christian. Okay, awesome. How much of your life looks like Christ? Angie, that's really hardcore and religious. No, it's not. How much of your life looks like Jesus? Big Christian. How much? 
I'll move on to point number four, and this is my last point. And I'm gonna pray for some people at the end if you're okay with that. If you're not, I'm still going to. <laughs> point number four. When you receive a revelation of how much Jesus loves you, then the standard isn't a hard thing. It's not a hard thing. Let's look at this, 1 John 5, 2 through 3. It says, this is how we can be sure that we love the children of God, by having a passionate love for God and by obedience to his commands. True love for God, listen, here it is, means obeying his commands, and his commands don't weigh us down as heavy burdens. You hear it right there? That's it right there. God doesn't want me to have fun. His commands don't weigh you down as heavy burdens. The most satisfaction, the most joy, the most peace, the most fulfillment I've ever found in my life that I'm currently, Sunday morning at 1119, walking in today, is when I've lived that standard. Is when I stayed away from the things. Do you still mess up? Yes. you still repent? Yes. Absolutely. Do you have to repent to God and people sometimes? Yes. And so do you. The honest ones, excuse me, the honest ones do. Sorry. But when we realize how much Jesus loves us, our love for what the world has to offer becomes less and less. It becomes less and less. This is a point that I want to take a hammer and nail and just really drive home. If you don't get anything, listen to this today. Love doesn't say, how close to the line can I get? But it says, Jesus, how close to you can I be? It doesn't say, let me push the boundaries at every turn. It says, Jesus, how close to you can I be? And a lot of people want to get close to the line. And even at times, I do too sometimes. I push the boundaries sometimes. I like, I'm like right in the middle of like rule following. Like there's some people that are like hardcore rule followers and then people like that, that like the kind of people that don't set alarms in the morning. Whew, no, I couldn't do that. Or don't have like a schedule. Oh my gosh, it's right here, man. I got it all right here. No, I'm like right in the middle. I like following rules, but sometimes I like to bend up. Just a little bit. You know what I'm saying? They say, don't do that. Like you can't, uh, you can't pass on a, on a double yellow. <laughs> hey, if nobody's around, I'm, do, I'm doing it. No, I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> you sound like right in the middle, kind of on that. I'm not like super stoic and type A or just like, oh, Jesus, life's a breeze, bro. But I'm like kind of like right in the middle. <laughs> but a lot of people want to get close to the line. Let's listen to this. Talking about the line. All f- oh, at, at 1 Corinthians 10, 23, Amplified Classic. 1 Corinthians 10, 23. Listen to this. All things are le- legitimate. Here's this word, permissible, meaning you can do it. You can do it. And we are free to do anything as we please because you have a free will. But listen to this. But not all things are helpful, expedient, profitable, and wholesome. Wholesome. Oh, that's a nice word. Anybody remember that word, wholesome? Oh, okay, just checking. Oh, I like rated R movies. Is that wholesome? Again, I'm not, (laughs) I'm moving on. Right here, all things are legitimate, but not all things are constructive to character, hello, and edifying to spiritual life. Here's the thing, I've heard this argument a lot. Amy, the Bible doesn't really clearly say that I can't do this one thing, and it's not exactly a sin. Okay. I've had this conversation with like 6,000 people, I feel like. A lot of time for like two hours at a time. Who cares? if it's permissible. Let's ask, does it make me closer to God? AMC, is everything you have to do in your life make you, you know, be with the intention of making you closer to God? Can't you have a little fun? 
the most fun that you will have in your life and the most freedom you will have in your life is when you do what God has asked you to do. There's these basic principles, just follow them. Again, if this is your first time here, I'm so glad that you're here. But I'm not specifically talking to you about this, but there's a lot in here that you can get. But Amzie, it's permissible. And we have a free will. It's not exactly a sin, but why, okay, how about this? When you're married, say your wife, say your wife hey, uh, nine out of 10 times I'm gonna take you on, the da- on a date and the other time I'm going out with this other chick. Oh, that's what that is. Oh, it's like that, it is like that. It is like that. I'm only gonna watch like, I'm only gonna take like a glimpse of pornography. Not, not, you know, not like watch a video or look up pictures. I'm just gonna like, look at, okay, there it is, yep, that's it. How close do you wanna be to Jesus? Now, some of these things are outright sin, but there's other things that's like, it's kind of gray area in some things. You know what I'm saying? Who cares if it's permissible? Gosh, I'm so tired of that argument. Well, if it's permissible, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Don't get involved in it. If it's that big of a deal, if you have to fight, I just want to do this thing. Well, how about just don't do it? Okay, I'm just going to, going to move on. I want to do things that please God. Not how close to the line can I get, but how close to you, Jesus, can I be? So we talked about there is still a standard. And we're going to live that standard, church. Are you with me on that? Too much mushiness has got into us. Too much weak-minded. Too much compromising on the little things and those little things compile and now it's a lot easier to do the heart the big things too much of that in the church I want to live differently I want to live a life that's pleasing to God guess what I have the most fun in my life right now that I've ever had I have a, an amazing life and I'm not doing a lot of those things Amos do you make mistakes sometimes I do do you Awesome. One honest person. Thank you, Jessica Harris. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's just me and you, though. No big deal. I didn't get the memo. It's just us. No big deal. But I'm finished. I'm finished. But like I said, I came to tell you today that there is, there is a standard, and that standard is for your life, and it's for right here and right now. Don't see it as a list of obligations and rules that you have to follow. Look at it as a chance for freedom, a chance for joy, a chance for refreshing, a chance for a fantastic life. So as I close here, I want to pray for three different groups of people. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.